Welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. I'm Patrick alongside Wayne, uh, kicking off yeah, week six, along with uh, the wrap up of the division series, um, you know, this week for baseball. Also, uh, we're moving right into the championship series now for the MLB and also looking right ahead to week seven, which uh, kicks off on Thursday night. So, um, you know, we appreciate you guys subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Uh, you know, keep keep following us on Instagram. You know, any likes and comments are appreciated there. And, uh, you know, if you're on audio podcasts anywhere, um, you know, Google, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, you know, leave us a comment, review, et cetera. Uh, we always appreciate it. But, uh, you know, let's let's dive right into this uh, division series, um, you know, conclusions. Uh, it looked like, you know, for the National League, we had the Padres going over the Dodgers in four. Uh, the Phillies ended up taking care of the Braves also in four. And then uh, for the AL side of things, we had the Astros go full sweep on the Mariners. And as of today, in game five, uh, the Yankees ended up, you know, um, taking care of the Guardians 5-1 there. But um, Wayne, do you have any reaction overall to what we saw throughout the divisional series? I mean, I I feel like every single prediction we made was wrong. (laughs) But, you know, hey, this is baseball. You know, got to love it. yeah, it was just, I think we all saw the right in the wall. It felt like in the first game with the Mariners, they just didn't have that, um, you know, fortitude, I guess, to uh, get over that. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, Homer, game winner in the first game and everything. That was just, that's just such a momentum killer uh, for them. Uh, and, yeah, they just kind of took the reins from there. So, um, yeah, I was kind of sad to see the Guardians go. I feel like everybody in America besides like New York <laughs> and like uh, the plethora of Yankee fans just internationally, right, just wanted uh, the Guardians to win. But that just wasn't the case. Um, Yankees pitching, man, you got to hand it to them. Uh, they really pulled it off. Uh, you know, you, you always know that the bats for the Yankees always seems like are, are always going to be there. But yeah, the pitching has just been holding off uh, any type of run support. Uh, so it's really crazy to kind of see like the Yankees uh, becoming like a pitching uh, dominant team like this. And I think it just goes to show kind of like their, um, you know, pitching coach and, and everything's being able to do there, their investments towards the pitching staff. Uh, I mean, Garrett Cole, definitely <laughs> he's a stud, but you I mean the rest of the crew, the bullpen, they've been kind of like, I, I, I think I was like kind of skeptical about the bullpen, but they've been really good. They, they really kind of held things, held leads, uh, you know, for the most part, basically, and, you know, n- making games not as exciting. <laughs> so, you know, good on the Yankees bullpen for, I think, stepping up, uh, you know, despite like, you know, not having, I guess, their full staff uh, going forth. But yeah, I think uh, it'll be, I think, a fun series, uh, you know, with the Yankees uh, going against the Astros. Definitely. I mean, this is the kind of the the epic rematch everybody's been looking to kind of get into ever since uh, the cheating scandal was made public. The Yankees obviously had their own thoughts about that. Um, you know, we are flashing forward about five years, you know, since that time, but in the same sense, I feel like there's a good amount of core on both sides that, you know, there's probably some lingering animosity to kind of take care of. And uh, for both sides are going to be extremely motivated. You know, the, the Yankees for getting their redemption, you know, sort of say, and then for the Astros to kind of prove to the world, like, every year since they've won the championship, we're, we're still good. We're still in this thing and we're trying to get a legitimate one. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, you know, disappointing to see the guardians and the Mariners go down, um, Mariners in epic fashion, just with, you know, those home runs by Alvarez, uh, in both games and then Pena, you know, driving that deep shot in 18 innings is just, you know, just crushing blows like one after the other. Um, the guardians actually put up, you know, really great fight. Um, I thought after the game three walk-off base hit, they were, you know, primed to take the whole series. And, uh, you know, I think Josh Naylor got a little bit ahead of himself uh, last night by rocking the baby, even though, you know, his home run wasn't even a go-ahead or a game winner. It was just like, you can, you got to get a little bit smarter in those moments, in my opinion. I feel like that's karma, you know, at its finest. And, uh, you know, we've sounded off in the past about the White Sox, uh, you know, talking trash to, you know, teams in back-to-back years, the Astros and Guardians, uh, you know, in 21-22, and just comes back to bite you. So, you know, to kind of roll around the bases, I mean, I think we've had this discussion too about walk-off homers or, you know, uh, you know, showboating a little bit. I think there's a time and place and there's a way you go about, you know, getting uh, getting your excitement out, but that's just like, 
I don't know. That's that was got pretty ugly and uh, good on the Yankees for not retaliating or doing anything because they they totally could have. Um, but yeah, no, I think this series coming up, Yankees Astros, is going to be um, just uh, you know a big big like boxing match on both sides. I I see the Astros actually taking this one. Uh, surprisingly, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say five games. I uh, love their rotation, their uh, bullpen as well, and yeah, they're just hitting the lights out of the ball right now. Yeah, I, I I would probably go the Astros too. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll pick Astros. I think rotation, but I mean they they kind of have it all. And like I mentioned, the, I did have questions. I think with the Yankees bullpen more so. Uh, it just seems like the Astros are more full strength at the moment. So you know, in playoff baseball, it it, it always helps to have those things. So um, yeah, I'm picking the Astros too. Uh, I and I'll I'll look forward to seeing. I think. Uh, 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 Jose Altuve, who I think has like the same metrics as I do, like like we're both like I think the same height and like weight. So um, he just has you know bigger calves and everything, and uh, all the the eye hand eye coordination in the world. But um, yeah, Astros, I, I think they they just have a better, uh, I think more balanced lineup, and then uh, just more uh, uh, overall pitching in the bullpen, like the the full capacity arms, I think, to go forth uh, and and. Uh, beat the Yankees in this series. Yeah. How do you feel about the national league, just divisional series and then what's coming in for the championship series, man, uh, <clears throat> the Phillies hitting has just been taking storm. I feel like I, I think that's, that kind of like alleviates some of the anxieties that I think a lot of people feel about their bullpen. Cause it's like, Oh, Hey, the bullpen, uh, or, or, or hey bullpen we're giving you like a five run lead or whatever in like you know uh sixth seventh inning fourth it's like okay we can take care of that we can do that and they've really stepped up to the challenge there um sure i think they've had you know some scary moments here and there uh i think there was that one game where they they, they did kind of um give the lead and everything but you know i i think the phillies uh they seem to have a little bit of magic whatever what's happening with thompson and everything just been able to like you know uh resonate with them and kind of motivate them going forth. Um, you know, it's not to say that the Padres, I don't think have anything or, or, you know, they might not show up, but, uh, I just feel like the Phillies have some sort of magic. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, both teams are similar in that their rotations, I mean, are, are pretty, um, you know, top heavy. I mean, I would say the Padres are a little bit deeper in their rotation than the Phillies. I think that, you know, bullpens, uh, you know, both had their question marks throughout the year. I think the Phillies, you know, ticked down a little bit lower on that, but uh, offensively have a ton of star power on both sides and have been hitting the ball pretty well um, because they kind of match up in terms of, you know, their momentum throughout these playoffs and just the energy coming off of both teams. I feel like I just want to take the roster that I trust a little bit more here. Um, I'm going to pick the Padres and I think I'll go Padres in six over the Phillies, but I think that this series will be uh, more competitive than the other in my opinion and uh you know i i think um you know the teams that'll end up representing uh both leagues in the world series i mean it's going to turn out to be pretty star-studded world series no matter who ends up getting in there so uh i think it'll be you know a really fun year for baseball uh as we move forward here yeah for sure and could you imagine also if like aaron judge uh you know if, if he were to actually go to the world series too now hypothetically i think we both picked the Astros and everything, but like hypothetically, if he were to go to the World Series, like what 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 kind of a season is that now, right? Um, breaking the home run record, you know, possibly winning MVP or most likely going to be winning MVP, in my opinion, um, and, and then going from there. So I think it's just a great season for baseball. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think the the Padres have probably a better squad, but then um, like a full full roster more so, but then. Yeah, I don't know. For me, uh, at least with the Phillies, there's some sort of magic that I think is happening uh, with their with their bullpen and staff. Um, I don't know what it is, but you know they were able to withstand. I think the the Braves and and their lineup. Um, so uh, I think the Padres, even with Soto and then not having Tatis, you know, I, I certainly think that that might be a factor. But um, yeah, that Phillies squad they ha- they have some they have a lot of mojo I think going for them. So. Yeah, I'll pick them. Probably, I'm going to go with six, actually. I'll go with six there. Sounds good. Um, I've had some weird, uh, I guess, personal reaction to to some of the things I've been hearing about the new format for the playoffs and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of 
critics and analysts out there that are just ripping this whole thing apart because, you know, the Mets, the Dodgers, almost the Yankees today didn't advance. And, you know, how, you know, if you win 110 games or what have you, uh, you know, that should entitle you to being, you know, in the championship series or in the world series almost automatically. And it's like, I think they're starting to get, you know, upset about the fact that there's a, a three game set to open up the wild card series. And then it's only a five game set for the divisional series. And it's like, I don't know. Personally, I'm like, we've had the divisional series uh, five game slate since I can remember since the wild card era probably began, you know? So I guess it's just like, yeah, you can be upset about the fact that the Mets, you know, dropped the ball and the Dodgers were down three, one in a five game set, but like even down three, one, there's no guarantee they'd come back in a seven game set and, you know, take the next three. So to me, it's just like people complaining about these teams blowing it, but I just kind of look at it as like those teams just straight up blew it. So um, instead of getting mad at how like the format is and trying to push everything to seven games and, you know, redact, you know, redacting some games off the, off the regular season, just to like fit all this in, you know, scheduling wise, it's just like, to me, it's a crock, but uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, it's a crock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's the saying, you know, everybody, uh, everybody has an opinions are like assholes, right? You know, everybody's got one. So (laughs) And they all stink. Um, yeah, and they all stink. They all stink. <laughs> they all smell of it. So, no, like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's people complaining, uh, you know, same thing about, like, people complaining about celebrating homers or whatever, bat flips and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I, it, it's just people just being mad at things for the sake of being mad at things. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the format's fine. Like, you know, it. Uh, I, I think it makes the games more meaningful, in my opinion, right? Um it's like, okay, uh, and, and you know, with regards to those rotations too, like, yeah, I, I think as the games are becoming less about the starting pitching more, pitcher more so, it's become more of a bullpen game. I think it's a great strategy in terms of like, okay, how's this going to look like in a five-game series, right? Um, or, okay, I just really kind of have to worry about, you know, uh, my three starting uh, three starting pitchers and then, uh, and then just figuring out, okay, you know, the four and five, uh, people in the rotation, they're basically a bullpen long relief just in case one of the, the pitchers get, you know, rocked or something like that in the first couple innings. So I think all that kind of, you know, is interesting and, and good for the game overall. It keeps things moving, things can keep things flowing as opposed to like, you know, having, okay, maybe this guy, you know, well, we're going to give this game away, so to speak, <laughs> you know, because uh, we want to preserve the rest of the arms uh, in the bullpen or something like that. It's like, no, uh, you know, it, every game is, is meaningful every inning is essentially meaningful so yeah i I think it's fine uh yeah it's just people complaining yeah and like what about the nba play-in series or the fact that football is just a one game playoff every single round i mean like (laughs) so it's just i don't know it just seems like people are just up in arms about really nothing here and uh yeah Mm -hmm. i mean we can put this one to bed at least from both of us but anyways i hope that doesn't uh you know, pour any water on, uh, you know, the teams that are in the mix still, even if they're from markets that nobody cares about. Uh, you know, I, I think there are some good markets left standing here. If Cleveland would have beat the New York Yankees, I think that was the other one that people, you know, would have been upset about a Cleveland, San Diego potential World Series. Like, I don't, I don't give a crap. I mean, I, I'm just hoping these fan bases get to see their team in it and these players get to, you know, go for it all. Yeah. I don't care about ratings. I care about good baseball, <laughs> right? Like, who cares if the if the owner gets you know the billionaire owner gets a little bit richer? Like I don't care. <laughs> so you know the 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 salary is already set. You know they're they're gonna get some sort of TV revenue. I'm sure some financial person, accountant or whatever, has done some sort of financial modeling on all that. So I don't care. So yeah, let the let you know if it's a few more games less. That's that's fine as long as they're good baseball games and you know things are exciting. So I think that's all we can ask for for fans. Uh, everybody else is just full of themselves complaining about stuff, you know? So, yeah. Got it. Well, I think we'll, you know, put a pin in baseball, uh, at least until our next episode, see where these championship series go. Uh, maybe we have a world series in view, but uh, in any case, uh, we'll transition over here to week six, you know, go with our takeaways as we did last week for the first time. Uh, Wayne, if you want to kick it off with your first one from week six, uh, we're happy to hear it. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I told you about it. Like, I think it's like third game in a row that they won. Uh, I mean, they're firing on all cylinders, I feel like. You know, maybe except like Zach Wilson you know, isn't necessarily playing like Patrick Mahomes or something like that. But he's still playing solid. He's not really making too many mistakes like he did last year. 
Uh, he's playing within the offense. The team is very much relying on the run more so, which is totally fine for a second-year player. Nothing wrong with that. Kind of going, you know, a little bit more on that Jalen Hurts type of route. Um, and then, yeah, year three, you know, maybe they get some veteran uh, people on the offensive side. Like, that's usually how it goes. And then, you know, you can progress from there. But uh, they certainly do have enough offensive weapons overall. Brees Hall, definitely. And a lot of see a lot of people picking up, uh, picking him up if he, if he already hasn't been picked up. Um, his fantasy stock definitely has risen uh, with the game he's had. Um, and, yeah, they still have, you know, some uh, uh, young wide receivers there with Moore and uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, you know, okay offensive line. They're, you know, they're, they're doing a decent job, I would say. Um, and then, but yeah, that defense, they're just making plays. Uh, Quinnen Williams uh, definitely is, you know, having having yourself like a Pro Bowl type of season. Uh, Sauce Gardner, I think a lot of people, I predicted him as rookie of the year. A lot of people are calling it now. And I'm like, I was ahead of you. Um, I know it's kind of between him and Tariq Woolen as like the top cornerbacks. But um, I do love that he wore the cheese head. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when he was walking out like that is that is a stud move right there so he really puts that he puts the sauce on the cheese there so uh very much uh appreciated that i think all the bears fans are like man that's like our favorite cornerback or whatever uh now so um yeah just a great overall defense uh you know the holding the packers to like only 10 points um and yeah you know make sure that the the packers didn't get uh, any continuity, I think, on the offensive side. Well, yeah, the, on the offensive side, they you know had some trick plays here and there. I think Barrios had like a nice twenty-yard uh, like reverse uh, on, on, in there. So, um, really like the play calling, uh, playing within the offense in, in their own capabilities, not turning over the ball, and then just great solid defense. And hey, great, that's I think great overall uh, strategy for them to, to to win. So, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny that Alan Lazard smacked it off of uh, sauce Gardner's head at the end. And he was basically just like, yeah, I don't take any offense at it. He was just having a good time. So it was like, it was all, all in fun and stuff like that. So good that there's uh, some lighthearted people in this world, but uh, no, it's impressive. And uh, they're riding a wave here. Um, you know, I think they even made Stephen A's top five list today, as far as like power rankings for the NFL, which is nuts, um, but believable at this point. I mean, if you're going to put away teams on the road, like, you know, the green Bay Packers, I mean, why not? And, uh, you know, it's just going to come down to, I think, uh, you know, how far Zach Wills can, you know, can really go uh, this year coming off of injury only in a second year, still unproven. Um, but, you know, the defense has been there. I like that running game a lot. They've got obviously a ton of weapons, like you mentioned. So, you know, it's all falls on Zach Wilson. I feel like, um, you know, as far as managing the game, if he can go above and beyond that, then yeah, this could be a good, uh, you know, surprising maybe playoff team, uh, they're trending in that direction right now. So, uh, you know, we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he definitely has the capabilities. He's shown it that he can make plays. So it's like, and they do have a lot of playmakers. So yeah, if this team makes the playoffs, I think, which I like, the, again, the way they're playing, I can totally see that. So yeah. Cool. Who's your next? Uh, G I A N T S giants, giants, giants. They are now five and one, uh, you know, tearing it up in the NFC East uh, huge win over the Ravens this weekend. Uh, they were down 2010 with six minutes to go. Um, you know, Daniel Jones ended up finding uh, tight end Daniel Bellinger for a touchdown. And uh, with less than two minutes to go, Saquon Barkley got over the, over the, uh, the Pater, uh, you know, line there for a touchdown to put him up 24, uh, 20, you know, take care of the Ravens at home, which I don't think anybody, was really predicting, especially when they went down, you know, by the score that they did uh, leading into the fourth, um, you know, it's just the resolve of this team. I mean, Wig Martindale, like you were saying, um, you know, obviously put together probably a pretty decent scheme with Lamar um, holding them to only 20 points. Uh, you can tell from the Ravens side that they're pretty, you know, dependent at this point on Mark Andrews in the passing game. It seems like, you know, with, you know, Bateman not there and, you know, Duvernay not putting up a huge line. It's like, they're kind of rummaging around for, for some wide receiver help. And uh, I think I read today that they picked up uh, Deshaun Jackson to be kind of a guy who can stretch the field a little bit for them. So I don't know if this is more Raven struggles or if this is, uh, you know, there's just the giants kind of stepping out and, you know, executing in the right way and just kind of, you know, willing themselves to a victory here yet again. It's like, I don't really know what to, what to think or what to believe yet about this team. I'm, (laughs) I'm just kind of in this, uh, mind frame until they you know take off take down another big opponent i'm kind of like they have the same 
I don't know, capability to me of like going on a three or four game losing streak too. So like, I don't know how to feel. I just think it's like pretty cool that, you know, in, in Dable's rookie year here as head coach, um, he's really, you know, putting respect on his name and onto the Giants name who've been just an awful franchise for the last handful of years. And, you know, it's good to see some new blood in it. And uh, you still don't think that much about Daniel Jones as a quarterback. I mean, he threw for only like 170 yards and, you know, didn't throw any picks, which was big, um, but just kind of still waiting to see, you know, what other kind of dynamic they can build outside of a Saquon Barkley led offense. Um, again, if that guy goes down there, I, I just don't see this team being very competitive, but that's just my take. Yeah, for sure. It They're, they're very much playing kind of like, you know, uh, old school Chicago Bears football in a way like, you know, where the quarterback mm-hmm. really doesn't make a mistake. They give it to the running back and they have a solid offensive line. And then their defense is just stud, you know, just play after play. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Lamar had that interception at the end of the game there uh, that really kind of sealed the deal. He didn't have to make that game, but or make that play. But I feel like the Giants, like they're all, I think they're similar to the Bears, old school Bears. Like they won't make the mistake, but they'll push and, and make sure on the defensive side that you will make a mistake and put you in position to, to do that, which Lamar did at the end of the game there. Uh, you know, throwing that interception uh, when he really ought to have just thrown it away, but, you know, he wanted to make that play. Um, and I mean, that just goes to kind of show like, you know, where the the Ravens are at and then also kind of where the Giants are at um, at this point uh, where Giants, Hey, make, uh, we see an opportunity here. We'll take it. Uh, and then they made a play there and then, yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley uh, ran in for a touchdown afterwards. So yeah, it really just goes to show it. It's just great coaching. I think overall from Dable. Uh, and Martingale. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, you know, Giants have a you know a lot of uh, big big opponents left to go in their own uh, division there. Uh, so we'll see where they end up, but they could definitely be a playoff team. Um, curious about the Ravens. Uh, they'll have to get back on track here, moving into Week Seven. But uh, Wayne, did you have another takeaway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one I have here is uh, Bills need to play. Khalil Shakir Moore, you know, I love this guy coming out of Boise State. Uh, saw that I think he like ran a four three or low four fours. Um, you know, and he caught like every ball at the combine too. Caught like most of his balls as well in, in Boise. So like he clearly has the talent. Uh, and then you know, going in Buffalo, I thought he had a great opportunity with uh, you know, uh, it, it seemed like the Bills wanted that other kind of slot receiver, which I think. Uh, Kulo Shakur definitely fits in really well. Um, you know, I, Isaiah McKenzie had a drop in the end zone for a touchdown uh, there. And I'm like, I don't think Kulo Shakur would have dropped that. Uh, and he had a great week last year as well, or last week as well, uh, with 75 yards uh, and a touchdown. So, and he just really knows how to position himself well. Uh, doesn't, uh, you know, especially in his own defense, really knows how to play that seam well um, and, and, and kind of just get open there. So, uh, I want him to get more uh, touches. Uh, you know, I'm not even like a Bills fan or a Jer- uh, or a Josh Allen fan, but I feel like that's just a, such an unutilized thing. And I, I actually went on Twitter and I saw, hey, uh, Bills Mafia, they're on my side too. Um, so I think that's one thing going forth. Uh, you know, with the Bills, if they can have, you know, uh, Diggs, Gabe Davis, and then Khalil Shakur, if he ha- kind of performs what he did in last week, uh, and gets those reps. I think that is such a stud offense um, and a great overall team win. I think goes so against uh, against the Chiefs there too. So, yeah, it seems like Diggs is there. You know, every down receiver he's going to gobble up the majority of the targets. You got Gabe Davis, kind of like your big play, you know, deep threat type of guy, kind of penciled in there. And then uh, Devin Singletary is just kind of getting like a bunch of screen passes and stuff and doing the short game work too. And uh, Every week, it seems like Dawson Knox or, you know, maybe it wasn't Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe it's now supposed to be Shakir, but it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It it seems like, uh, you know, the third option role, fourth option role is kind of like up for grabs at this point. So, you know, if he can get more work there, I mean, I'm I'm sure he's he's due for it. Uh, Definitely saw some big drops from McKenzie. And I know I think he was coming off concussion protocol, uh, something of the sort, but uh yeah, in any sense, uh, the offense continues to roll there, um, you know, to come up big against the Chiefs on the road. I mean, it's another you know huge victory for the Bills as they kind of like, you know, snowball their way to uh, to hopefully maybe a, a championship appearance here. But they're they're playing the part for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people predicted the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, with that wide receiver core, and if they do get, I know there's always been that talk about Christian McCaffrey or whomever. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense. I think they're, you know, kind of fine. And I think that continuity is good for them. You know, if they're, if they're going to cop up like a first or second rounder or something like that, like, I don't know. I feel like running backs these days, it's okay. It's okay. You got Josh Allen. You got enough running running backs there. I think you're fine. Keep that first, second rounder build, you know, build for your future a little bit more. So, but um, yeah, great win. I think this is definitely a new rivalry in football. Uh, you know, everybody talked about the whole Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, like who's going to overtake them. Uh, this, you know, these two teams, I feel like. Definitely. For my next one, um, I had the Steelers going over the Bucks. Uh, you know, completely confusing game to me. You know, just with what was going on with uh, you know Pittsburgh last week and how you know anemic the offense looked and how much they seemed to quit against the Bills. Um, you know, they come right back and they you know won twenty to eighteen over the the you know Super Bowl favorite for the NFC almost going into this year with uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and uh, you know Tom Brady had two hundred forty three passing yards. He had a, a TD and a pick. It's a very middling performance from him. Um, you know, he went to Robert Kraft's wedding. Um, that Friday and kind of, you know, missed a, a big walkthrough practice for them. And uh, it was after, you know, kind of missing some, you know, some pre-year workouts and things like that. Just kind of, I think everyone's starting to like wonder whether or not he's fully engaged, fully committed, locked in, or, you know, if, if his age is getting the best of him at this point, uh, not ready to, uh, you know, completely, you know, um, discredit Tom at this point. I feel like him and Aaron Rodgers are kind of in similar spots. They're both three and three. They're both, you know, not doing what I think a lot of people would expect them to do as perennial MVP candidates. Um, but in the same sense, they're those kind they're those kinds of guys. They're, you know, the start of the year is important, but in the same sense, um, maybe maybe we flash forward into November, December, and you'll start to see them come out and you'll start to get things rolling in their, you know, kind of put together their A games and uh I think both sides, their offenses, uh, Packers and the Bucks at this point are kind of like trying to still figure everything out. Um, good running games, but in the same sense, it's like, who do we really go to if guys are banged up or if we're just like not in the zone together? Um, but again, I, I, you know, for the Steelers to come out, um, you know, Najee Harris got a touchdown. Um, I think I shared this with Wayne, but uh, made a big trade in fantasy, got rid of uh, Najee Davis, uh, or sorry, Najee Harris, Gabe Davis, and, uh, Tyler Lockett and uh, got Kenny Walker, um, Michael Pittman and Curtis Samuel. So uh, kind of a, a huge swing for the, you know, for the fences there um, with Kenny Walker and, you know, Pittman, but uh, in the same sense, uh, you know, just expect nothing from Najee Harris at this point, moving forward, just based on how bad that line's been. And you know, he's been kind of beat up. He didn't get a lot of yardage in this one. Uh, Kenny Pickett went down with a concussion and uh, you know, good old Mitch Trubisky was back under center and, you know, willed them to a victory with a late, like Chase Claypool touchdown. But uh, it seems kind of funny because this feels like the type of game Mitch would get the call and, and succeed in, you know? And it's like the second you make him the guy and you put expectations on him, it's like he's going to find the bench once again. So, you know, maybe this is just his role moving forward. You know, you put him in for a big spot start and he feels, you know, brings in that new energy or gets like a, you know, revived in some sense and uh, can, can, you know, pull out a W, but, uh, still have no expectations of the Steelers going forward. I think it's going to be a pretty bad football team. Yeah, for sure. I, I, which I, I feel like they, they really need to reinforce that to uh, Mitch Trubisky. If he's going to uh, you know be playing for any extended amount of time, because you know, that's always been Mitch's MO. I feel like is whenever there is expectations, he kind of just, uh, he, he doesn't take chances. Uh, I feel like, I don't know if it's like the, the Chicago bears fans or whoever, like, uh, being all all grouchy whenever he throws a pick or something like that, but it's like, you know, he throws a pick. Okay, he's the young quarterback. He's learning, but I, I feel like for him, he just uh, whenever that happens, whenever think something like negative happens, he he, he really just uh, it really gets to his head. Um, and yeah, this was like as good of a game as Mr. Biscuit can have, I think. You know, against a pretty stud like defensive squad. So um, yeah, if, if, if I think he even said in the post game, like he, he felt like he was loose, he was felt like he was free. That's that's I think when you see the best Mitch uh, is when he just doesn't care. <laughs> he's just having he's just having fun, and I think some people say, "Oh, he looks like he's having fun out there." So if Mitch can just have fun, just play loose, you know. Hey, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Uh, 
yeah, just uh, move on and uh, you know get the next one type of thing. There's a lot of talent on that uh, for the playmaking side, at least. You know, maybe not as much on the offensive side on that Steelers squad. So, uh, so yeah, definitely. I think you know, yeah, with in terms of running back, wide receivers, probably better than anything he's had in Chicago. So, uh, if if he can just you know get the balls, ball, get the ball to them, basically, then I think there's a lot of uh, upside. I think for Trubisky, but. Yeah, uh, better coaching staff, hopefully, too. So, but yeah, like you were saying with the Buccaneers, I think they just have no soul right now. I think there's so many distractions happening with Brady, his divorce, uh, not being fully in and committed, it, it almost looks like that. It's just hard not to look at, um, yeah, the soul of the squad and think, like, oh, uh, there's all these other things happening. But like you were saying, at the end of the season, you throw out all this other fun stuff, all the drama, and anything can happen. And, you know, hey, it's good that they're at least getting it out now. If it continues on, uh, that that's definitely where it could be a problem. But um, you know, this Bucks team is just, I think, way too good for that to happen. For too many veterans, too. So, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I definitely think this. I don't want to say it was a fluke game, but definitely much more of um, you know, Trubisky playing out of his mind a little bit, playing free and loose, and then something's just happening with the Buccaneers at the moment. For sure. Um, your next takeaway? Yeah, my next takeaway. Um, I will go with uh, Panthers moving on from Robbie Anderson. Uh, <laughs> you know, he had a little bit of a feud there, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think he, there was some sort of incident or uh, altercation uh, with Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver coach, I believe. And then, you know, the coach had to be like, hey, you can't do that. And then just kicked him out. So, so they traded him, which I'm like, wow, this is a fast moving. This is, this is almost like a fantasy football trade. And I was like, oh, some crap happened here or whatever. And then I'm just going to press a couple buttons and done. So, um, yeah, just got traded to the Cardinals uh, since Cardinals. They lost Marquise Brown. Uh, they are getting Hopkins back. So for whatever reason, the Cardinals always feel like they always have to have those two, you know, two uh, highly paid, highly compensated, highly not- uh, notarized type of uh, wide receivers there. Um, so yeah, Hopkins is going to be back. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, is going to be joining him there. So it'll be interesting what's going to happen there. And then, yeah, Marquise Brown looks like he could be done for the year. I don't think there's been exact wording on that yet. Um, but you know, joining with Kyler, Kyler Murray, who, if he can again, play to his potential, like there, there, there'll definitely be some solid numbers there they are a passing team more. So, uh, I think these days, especially if Hopkins is going to be out there. Uh, so I think that they'll, they'll be getting some reps. So. Um, yeah, if I'm a Robbie Anderson person uh, or looking for a wide receiver, that could be an interesting play. Um, and yeah, I don't know, very interesting things that are happening. I think there, uh, and it's, it it just I think it also helps that the Panthers. I, I think this le- season's kind of lost for them, so they're like, okay, let's just get rid of some players here and hopefully get one of those stud uh, quarterbacks in the for the future. Yeah, I mean Robbie Anderson's not good enough to kind of make a scene like that and get away with it. I mean, at this point they have nothing to play for in the same sense. It's like, I think uh, Jalen Rose made a point about it. It's like they handed you a, a mega deal, um, you know, before last season. And uh, you know, with that comes responsibilities, comes leadership, you know, comes accountability. And if you're not, you know, doing the right things in the right times or helping your team win, or, you know, being a good teammate overall, being a leader, you know, you can be sure that they're going to try to strip you of that contract, whether they're going to cut you or whether they're going to make a trade just to get whatever they can for you at some point. So I think they got a sixth and a seventh for them. Um, I, I would consider that a win if I was the Carolina Panthers uh, and their, you know, their GM, you know, staff and everything like that ownership. But, uh, you know, not to say that Robbie Anderson, you know, might not have some life left in him as a wide wide receiver three at this point. Um, I feel like Marquise Brown, the word was, I heard this morning, six weeks. Um, I've got him on my, fantasy team he's very important to my my imaginary squad so wishing him a speedy recovery here um i do actually think this will be an interesting time to take a look at rondell moore um i think he brings a lot of what marquise brown does and now he's got an opportunity to do so i mean with anderson coming over and probably having to learn you know the playbook and getting comfortable with murray you know hopkins coming right back in i you know unless they're just going to feed him the rock i think he might you know need a little time to get acquainted you know, with Murray and with playing football again. So, you know, if I was, if I was a, you know, savvy, you know, manager out there for fantasy purposes, I'd be kind of taking a look at Rondale and uh, either swinging like a very uh, low end trade for him, or maybe just picking him up outright if he's available. So, uh, 
that's my take on that whole situation. But uh, no, I, I definitely think Carolina is better off. And uh, for Arizona, man, they need to start, uh, you know, putting something together here because, you know, Kingsbury's on the on the route to getting fired pretty soon. What what is happening with DJ Moore, right? Like, <laughs> you know, do 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 the Panthers just not have any wide receivers? I mean, they don't really have a quarterback really thrown to either of them. So, but yeah, it's it is such an interesting uh, interesting year, I think, for Panthers and Panthers fans, and I think they're all kind of like, yeah, let's who who's who's going to be our quarterback uh, in this draft? You know, is it going to be uh, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud? Who knows? So, um, yeah. Uh, if you're a Panthers fan out there, uh, good luck. But yeah, it, there's a lot of fun stuff happening. I feel like here. Yeah, I mean, this might be good for them. I mean, to grab one of those young, uh, talented arms in the draft and kind of get out of this tweener stage. It was like, you know, they're underperforming while kind of being in the tweener stage with, uh, you know, Darnold and and Mayfield, and you know, maybe they're able to get both off the books uh, going into next season. But um, in general, it'll be a good reset for them this year. I expect them to lose a lot of football games and uh, you know, we'll just have to see. Cool. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's your next take? So my last take um, is going to be the Colts Jaguars uh, over in Lucas oil stadium in Indianapolis. Um, I was actually there this weekend with my brother uh, and his son, uh, my nephew. So uh, yeah, we were watching some football, went downtown, uh, just had a great time, but uh, was really impressed with the stadium first to start with. I mean, I actually didn't know it was a retractable roof. Um, I was just thought it was a dome capped um, and kind of static in that way. But uh, they opened it up for the game and it was uh, about 65 degrees out. So it's just kind of nice. I mean, it brought in some sunlight, some, uh, you know, some, some fresh air and stuff like that. But uh, great environment, uh, really great, um, you know, uh, replay scoreboards are, you know, both on both ends of the stadium, great sound system. I just felt like that was a like a full out great experience just being in that stadium and kind of, you know, um, you know, seeing a game there. I think it was um, maybe just a handful of stadiums I've been to a lot of them in the NFC North, but uh, yeah, just fun to be there. And uh, the game itself, um, you know, really got off to an interesting start. The Jaguars went ahead early. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence was doing a lot with his feet, which I w- actually wasn't really prepared for. I didn't know he had that kind of scramble ability in him and uh, he was just making it happen. I mean, he was, uh, scrambling for first downs. He, you know, took a couple um, over the line for touchdowns um, personally. And, uh, you know, in general, the Jaguars were running all over the Colts defense early on. I think Jamichael Hasty had like a 60-yard breakout run on a third and two. So he just found a seam and, uh, you know, did like a little HB counter and got, you know, 60 yards out of it for a score. And, uh, you know, we got to about, um, you know, late second quarter. And I was like, man, this might just be a Bengals or sorry, a, a Jaguars upset here. And, uh, you know, what's kind of crazy is uh, Ryan kind of stopped playing conservative. They 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 stopped uh, feeding Deion Jackson, playing, you know, dink and dunk and started letting it rip. And I was like, you know, uh, Pittman was just all over. I think he had 16 targets for 13 receptions and 100 plus yards uh, in his uh, fantasy debut for my team. I uh, was very enthused by that performance, but he was controlling the middle of the field in the short game. And then uh, they were going to guys like Paris Campbell, um, you know, uh, they were dumping it off to Deion Jackson for passes at one point. Um, they got Jelani Woods involved as a tight end, but it was like, he just started throwing darts and, you know, deep and short passes and stuff like that. And, you know, really started to put up points for the team. And, uh, you know, toward the end of the game, uh, the Jaguars got a big touchdown um, in the fourth quarter to put them up 26 to 21. And uh, the uh, Colts kind of just, came roaring back and uh, ended up having a, a late play um, in the game that uh, essentially, you know, I take that back. I think it was 27, 26 when the Jaguars went up. And then when the Colts took it back, um, they had the option of kicking a field goal or what ended up happening was Ryan, you know, dropped back and uh, on third down, you know, I think everybody was expecting like a short little slant pass or maybe a little dump off or maybe even a, a handoff just to like, get him into field goal territory, but he went for it all. He just went for a deep pass to Alec Pierce and hit him for the touchdown. And it was like, it shocked everybody. Cause I was just, everybody was expecting them to play, you know, for the field goal and the win there, but uh, they just went for it all and got the touchdown. So um, awesome game by Matt Ryan, by the Colts. Um, they looked like a completely different ball team in the second half. And, uh, you know, Jaguars gave it a late try at the end with, uh, 
you know, a bunch of trickeration stuff. They tried to, I was thinking maybe they'd throw a Hail Mary to see if they have it, but uh, in any sense, uh, it wasn't enough, but um, that's, that's the kind of the takeaway. I think last week we talked about the Colts and you were talking about a huge road win, something that could like catalyze this team, but completely different football team that we watched like at home this week, because, you know, I feel like the team we saw on Thursday night last week was a team I saw in the first couple quarters. And uh, who knows what this new team might be if they can, you know, start to build some chemistry in that passing game. And, you know, Ryan can just throw 50 plus, you know, passes every game and kind of, you know, hopefully have a ground game that works behind him. But like, you know, if they get Jonathan Taylor back and open up this passing game, I mean, they could be an exciting team to watch in the second half here. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent with you. Um, you know, I, I think I saw something there. I think that was just the chemistry. It seemed like it was developing between Ryan and Pierce. And he definitely took that, you know, like you said, like, had that uh, touchdown throw to to kind of seal the win there. So, um, you know, a lot of people are are cheering on Pierce. I wanted the Bears to draft Pierce. Uh, not again. Not not to sh- uh, keep on shooting on uh, 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 Gordon uh, in that pick and everything like that. But you know, Pickens, Pierce, like you know, th- th- those guys are doing, having I think you know pretty solid uh, rookie uh, seasons. And you know, with Matt Ryan tossing to Alec Pierce too. I think that definitely helps having that veteran quarterback developing a relationship, knowing, you know, certain routes, knowing, hey, hey, wide receiver, <laughs> please be here and I'll get you the ball. Like having that type of veteran leadership, I think definitely helps. Uh, so I really like that the chemistry that, that I see, I'm see, i seeing between Ryan and the wide receivers and Jelani Woods too. Uh, seems like, you know, tight ends, it definitely takes like a couple weeks for them usually to develop a little bit more so. Um, so I really like their offense overall. Uh, and then, yeah, if they can add Jonathan Taylor and he's, you know, 80%, 90% of what he was kind of like last year, that is going to be, I think, a tough team to beat. Um, even if they don't have Shaq Leonard on the defensive side, you know, that that's definitely like the one thing that is kind of up in the air there. I think he had like nose surgery recently. Uh, so uh, there, you know, there's a lot of question marks, I think, on the defensive side, not having their, you know, leader, their highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Um, so if, you know, without him, you know, they may be our limits on, on the defensive side, but offensively, that's going to be, I think, a a fun team to watch, I think, going forth. So, um, yeah, a lot of, I think, uh, positive headwinds, I think, going for them there. So, yeah, cool. And then I think then for mine to round it, round it off, um, I am team, uh, Zappy, uh, the Patriots, man. You know, I think I've said, called them the no sex Patriots, uh, uh, referring to their anemic offense, uh, not their, uh, not, not their owner going to, uh, Florida, but you know, like it's crazy how, uh, Bill Belichick knows how to, you know, work, work with the offensive coordinator and develop a game plan to develop a young quarterback, man. Do I wish a certain team could do that? Like, you know, you don't, you don't just like. Uh, make them run around and just like toss bombs uh, in flir- you know, f- uh, fly routes and stuff like that. You know, you got to dump it off a little bit. You got to build their confidence up. You got to throw slants, which the Bears never do. I'm always going to make it about the Bears. Uh, but like use the middle of the field, like use the different options. Uh, you know, another like quarterback we, we uh, you know, we didn't talk about, but like, yeah, Russell Wilson, right? There's I think number of instances where Russell Wilson missed wide open wide receivers down the middle. And he either got sacked or he was looking ahead and was like trying to throw a bomb up there. But it's like, no, just, you know, uh, Bill Belichick probably yelled at, you know, Zappy during practice, like, hey, hey, Rook, like, I get there's, you know, somebody out there that looks really, really nice and trying to throw a bomb out there. But there's a tight end or a slot wide receiver or running back right in the middle of the field, wide open. He's going to take that uh, football from like the, you know, five yards out. And then he's going to run it probably for another five yards for the first down. That's better than like thinking you can actually like pass it uh, until like double coverage somewhere up out there, right? So, I I think like that type of thinking really builds up the confidence. Zappy had a hell of a game, like three hundred some yards or, or whatever. It's like when and I get this whole idea with the offensive line for Justin Fields and hey, comparison, Thief of Joey, whatever. But it's like you know, uh, uh, Justin Fields has been able to get out of you know the the pocket. I think I read some stat he had like the longest. Um, uh, like from snap to getting rid of the ball, I think it's like an average of like three and a half seconds or something like that, which is like highest in the NFL. But it's like they they're the the game plan isn't the wide receiver routes aren't building off towards you know getting 
simply open like in a zone coverage or or running down the middle or anything like that, making things a little bit easier. Whereas, you know, like is the do, do the Patriots have more offensive talent than the Bears right now? Like, I don't think so. Like, I think that's a hard thing to 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 grasp. Her. So there's a lot of things I think that the Patriots are doing. And I think Zappy just looked great out there. It's hard not to I, I again I don't know how he does it, but uh, the Patriots just know how to turn out uh, young quarterbacks and knows how to play within the systems for them and play to their strengths. Um, and then, yeah, great that they also have Taekwon uh, Thornton, who, who looked pretty good out there. Uh, haven't seen, like, you know, use uh, the wide receiver that ran, like, a 4-2 out there at, at the combine, but haven't seen him, like, do a fire up. But I think a lot of teams know that he's out there, that he's just going to gun it. And then now he's like, okay, maybe I'll kind of like how uh, 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 a Hill, how, you know, he evolved, like, from just doing the fly routes to, like, okay, maybe I'll do a hook now and then change up their route tree from there. So um, I think, yeah, uh, I think the Patriots found themselves at, finally a, a wide receiver uh, uh, possibly for the future here. So, yeah, uh, I think my, I guess, uh, takeaway is that Zappy, look out for this guy. Like He looked pretty good out there. So he might be taking away that first-round pick uh, uh, player, Mac, Mac Jones. So, yeah. That's that's the big question. It's like, you know, what kind of leash will they give Mac Jones? And especially when you got a guy like Zappi, who I felt like even at the draft was getting some buzz around him. Like when the Patriots grabbed him, I think the analysts made like a, you know, gasp or like, ooh, that's a really good pick, you know, especially for a guy like Belichick. So um, he's definitely um, banking on both of his opportunities and he might have a couple more weeks to prove himself. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. But uh, he was definitely spreading the ball around, getting a lot of different you know, pieces and parts involved, but uh, even in the backfield, it's just Ramondre Stevenson um, getting his opportunity to be, you know, just the lead back. I'm glad that they you know, decided to give him the lion's share of the carries instead of, you know, splitting time with some other no-namer or something like that. Just give him an opportunity to go, you know, old school Corey Dillon on folks. And uh, he just seems like he's up for the challenge and he's putting up, you know, some massive, you know, yardage numbers and stuff like that week over week. So, you know, now that Damian Harris is gone for a bit, this might be a good opportunity for him to, you know, step out. But, uh, you know, to go into Cleveland and win the game 38-15, I mean, that's that's no joke. I mean, we were talking about the Browns being a team that, you know, could have a you know, top seven type roster, you know, minus uh, Deshaun Watson. But in the same sense, uh, you know, they were off to a decent start themselves and to just be kind of embarrassed in their, you know, home yard like that. I mean, that, that speaks volumes on where the Patriots are are taking uh, their team this year. I mean, they're now 500 and trending upward. Yeah. I mean, that offense, I mean, I think everybody knew that they were going to have a solid defense, like, you know, most Bill Belichick type of uh, teams, but then it's like, okay, offensive, are they, are they able to move the ball? Obviously, you know, the run game is going to be kind of where everybody's focused on, but then, yeah, you know, Zappy threw 34 times. Again, he's a rook, you know, I get they probably have like a better offensive line, uh, but like you know, like I was saying, I think like, the Bears also have like the the best uh, uh, pass win rate too in the NFL. It's like you know, there's so many things like I, you know, so many data points saying that like Justin Fields just can't dump off the ball. Like dump off the ball, go for the simple throw. Why is it always the home run? Or like he's like the Adam Dunn. I feel like of NFL quarterbacks, it's either a home run or a strikeout or something like that. It's like you know, choose the simple simple play. Sometimes like yeah, it's boring, but sometimes boring wins. You know, like. Tom Brady proved that a bunch where, yeah, like there were times where uh, he uh, he just threw the ball away or, you know, got rid of the ball just to make sure that he didn't get a sack and then that led to a field goal. Like little plays like that, I think, Mount. And I feel like that's just where Justin Field needs to work on a little bit more, um, you know, along with, you know, just a lot of young quarterbacks. Uh, but, yeah, Zappi, you know, was able to pass uh, to like eight different wide receivers or whatever. And I think some of them had – four of them had four catches, right? That's just not, I think, in uh, Fields' realm at, at this point. So, yeah, again, not to be all comparison about, you know, young quarterbacks here, but I feel like there's just a lot of uh, things on the, the Bears' side that a lot of Bears fans just, I, my opinion, are just stupid about, about kind of defending Justin Fields. Again, like this Messiah about stuff. It's like, no, he's making a lot of mistakes, and he really needs to get better at it. And the Bears also need a game plan better to develop him. And here's proof, like, you know, Things need to happen, I think. But yeah, kudos to Zappy. Uh, hope he wins the job. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be able to compare him on Monday as a square offer. Yes. A, a riveting, a riveting primetime game between 
two very below average teams, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that would probably be if there was a, you know, takeaway three B for me, it's just like, can we just get two teams that will just like go into a shootout here in one of these primetime games? Cause I'm so like sick and tired sitting back and wasting like two, three hours, you know, you know, watching two teams trade field goals and go three and outs, you know, it's just been pretty painful for us as uh, as viewers of the game. It's so sad. No. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I was reading, I, was it Jeff Bezos paid like, was it $70 million for that game or something like that to like advertise or, or to uh, have it on Amazon prime. It's like, man, <laughs> that's such a, that's such a way. I mean, to, well, if you combine both games, it's like, yeah, a hundred over a hundred, $140 million. Right. So that's just nuts. Uh, I, I don't know what the metrics are for all that or like the business, uh, 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 you know, advocacies and everything in there, or like, you know, what the, you know, are they getting more activity? But that's <laughs> from a game perspective, it looks pretty bad, but yeah. I mean, that's a lot of Chicago hot dogs foregone just to, uh, you know, put that on Amazon prime. So shame <laughs> on you, Jeff Bezos. You should just throw a huge party for the world with, you know, Chicago hot dogs on the house instead. Yeah. 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 Or just give us a million dollars each. Yeah. We'll be cool. <laughs> too. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts, takeaways from from this week's episode? I mean, it, I think I'm excited for the baseball. Uh, I'm looking right now. Uh, we are, you know, shooting on a Tuesday, uh, October 18th. Uh, looks like the Phillies are up two zero at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm excited for baseball, uh, and I think it'll be a fun uh, championship series. You know, a lot of these teams, you know. I don't think uh, we didn't pick much of them. I, I think I doubted the Yankees. I think, you know, I had some hesitancies about the Astros, but I felt like that they were going to be positioned here. Um, but yeah, I, I think we were both doubting the Phillies and the Padres a little bit. And it, it just goes to show, I think, you know, baseball is just a romantic sport overall and unpredictable. Um, but it'll be, a, I think, a fun series overall. So. Yeah, my final thought, um, just excited to see uh, NBA basketball back. I think we'll do something more formal uh, here in the next week or so. But, uh, you know, to get an opening game of the Lakers on the road at the Golden State Warriors to kick it off is is big. I mean, I think there's a lot of expectations um, behind both teams. Uh, I think one for repeating as champions, which I think is much more likely than, let's say, the Lakers making a huge push and uh, taking it all the way this year. But uh just a lot of conflict that we've been, you know, hearing about for both franchises with, you know, you got the Russell Westbrook stuff going on with the Lakers. I'm interested to see how they're going to cope with that. And, and then, you know, the Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Poole stuff. I mean, hopefully they're able to just, you know, either put this behind themselves and kind of move on for this season or, you know, kind of make good on what Draymond's been saying about, you know, probably not being able to re-up on a max deal of any kind with uh, Wiggins and Poole both being, you know, paid lately. So uh, we'll see where this goes, but, uh, you know, definitely excited to have NBA basketball back and uh, you know, definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, reviewing and predicting what's ahead for us uh, in the basketball season. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be exciting. We, yeah, we already talked about our, our uh, some Draymond, right, news and everything before. So I think, going forth uh you know with all the the different trades new faces and new teams and everything uh there'll be a lot to unpack i think in the future episode for sure well sounds good um you know hopefully you guys enjoyed uh give us a like a comment uh subscribe where you're at and uh catch us next time here on the ball and breakfast podcast uh, with wayne i'm patrick signing off <laughs>